Well, hello, hello, folks. How's it going today? Welcome to the Blank Space, where we just fill it in with... Cereal and milk? Um, well, I guess that is an option. No, no, it's something. Something, do, damn it. Do we fill it with Halloween candy? I mean, that's an option. I mean, that Halloween is coming up, so... Can we at least fill it with, like, discount Halloween candy? Like, one week after Halloween? Like, everything's 50% off? You mean, like, candy corn? I love candy corn. Candy corn's uh, so good. Don't, don't you dare. You, don't you dare start you, this. I mean, look, you got opinions, and it's okay that you have those opinions. We have a whole show planned out. There is no <laughs> way we're gonna get, we're gonna abandon all the topics literally just to discuss candy corn. <laughs> Okay, all right. We'll we'll hold that off. I'm we'll writing it down in the now. document, though. <laughs> I'm writing Fine, it down fight. in there just to say, hold on. Capital candy corn quality content. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll fight about that in two weeks and during our next show. During Halloween, that yeah, they're basically during Halloween. It is actually going to be on Halloween when we release it, right? Yeah, well, around there. Yeah, bare minimum recording like the day beforehand, so... Yeah, that should be fun. Get excited, people. There's going to be Halloween content. Yeah. I honestly don't remember if we did anything for Halloween last year. I don't think we did. I think we just kind of truckered on through, and that's all we did. Mm. Mm. See how good our memories are. Yeah, not good. That's that's not a test we'll win. (laughs) So, what have you been up to, Drew? Same old, same old. How about you? I actually got into a little something. Back into something, actually. Oh? Mm-hmm. I got into learning in a second language. Hmm. How did that happen? So, um, there's actually this app I use sometimes. It's uh, called Duolingo. It kind of allows you to, like, pick up... By the way, this is not a sponsorship. I, I was about to say, that. do we need to, like, put, yeah. like, hashtag ad in front of this or something like that? Yeah, no, no. We're no, We're not cool enough for that. I'd like to think we are, though, but, you know, we're not. But, um... Trying to sell us halfway through the ad. (laughs) By the way, if you want to get this ad space, this wonderful ad space we're doing for free, get on that. But we're going to (laughs) continue to do the ad anyway. But, yeah, anyway. um, No, it's just kind of this app I've been using, right? To just kind of learn a language on the side. It's something you use for like 10 to 20 minutes, you know, just to kind of pick up a little bit of language a day. And I find it kind of useful. Have you ever tried to learn another language? I am awful at learning other languages. Okay. <laughs> I I genuinely have not had good experiences. Well, I don't want to say haven't had good experiences. My brain just is not wired for speaking another language. That could be part of just the dumb American in me, or that could be a legitimate thing in my brain, like having trouble actually learning a second language. But for some reason, just none of it made sense to me when I took courses in high school and college. It, yeah. the, the theory of it made sense, but actually speaking it, speaking it and knowing how to speak it is such a problem. Yeah, I definitely understand what you mean there. I've always had big issues with trying to learn a language, and I've, I've always found it very difficult just to try and pick it up. I I remember in high school, I straight up failed Spanish. It was just something I had no interest in learning at the time, and I kind of regret it now, but yeah, language has always been hard for me to try and pick up. And, you know, what, what, what languages do we really need to learn? A lot, actually, but that's beside the point. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, uh, America itself is a very English-speaking country. I mean, Spanish is useful. I'm learning it just for the sake of being able to speak it. But what's the other language that's around us? Sort of French from Canada? We get a lot of tourists and a lot of foreign nationals coming in. Like, I know in my time in retail, I spoke, I spoke to a lot of people who spoke Chinese and Japanese. Oh, yeah, you're right. There definitely are, like, a, a good amount of people, but it's not as necessary as being in France and needing to speak, like, other languages. You know what is one that I think is absolutely necessary, though? What's that good, sir? 
I think always gets passed over when people are talking about learning a language. I th- I wish it was I wish there was more resources and easy way to learn sign language. Huh? Do you ever? Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right there. I know it's a little bit a little bit different than like maybe what you were thinking, but like I've thought about that multiple times. Where just like if there ever was like one thing that we could just kind of have between cultures instead of learning English, Spanish, French, or anything like that. Sign language seems like that good median between all of it. The hand signs themselves actually mean something. Yeah, actually, you're you're kind of right. Actually, I've never because like it there is like a universal sign language, right? That's that's a thing, mm-hmm. right? Like that does actually make a lot of sense now that you say it. I've never thought about that before. Yeah, huh. and of course that's that's more necessary than learning. Spanish or something like that. I can get a I can get an idea across to somebody who doesn't speak English, who speaks a different language, but it's incredibly hard to get an idea across to somebody who does not cannot listen. But that's not really something you come across too often. Actually, oddly enough, there is this old couple that are completely deaf that come in every once in a while. They're very pleasant, but I always have to write to them mm. for to to take the order. I have to write down like, "Hello, my name's Anthony. I'm going to be taking your order today. How can I help you?" And have to write it down on paper and be like, hello. <laughs> it's sort of awkward, but I feel like they enjoy their time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I get 20% tip, so I feel like I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, like, I imagine I imagine it's always a little, a little frustrating to kind of do your job if somebody doesn't speak doesn't speak English very well, or in that case in particular, doesn't even speak at all. I actually kind of find it fun. Find it like a challenge? A little bit of a challenge. Not like if I'm like super busy, right? If I'm not like swamped at the moment, I kind of enjoy having those kind of guests, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, you definitely enjoy it a bit more than I probably would. Because I... I'm always kind of curious, like, how quickly can I get it across to them? Or like, ooh, do they know that we have a Spanish menu? Should I go get them the Spanish menu? Hmm, I didn't even know you guys offered a Spanish menu. Do you, uh, do you offer do, other languages do. or just Spanish? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just Spanish. But I'm not going to say my place of work. Definitely not. Definitely not. But I was. But that is an interesting point to bring up. Is that like, I haven't seen a menu that does braille in a while. I know I saw that a bunch when I was a kid. But I think we have like one somewhere in the restaurant. You know, I brought up this topic, but you're like, you're going it in the places I didn't expect it to go. I'm kind of <laughs> happy about this. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing about it is that whenever I was learning this in high school, whenever I was learning, I I, I took three and a half years of French in high school. Um, when I was taking it, that's the thoughts I kind of would have, is that, like, oh, I, I'm i not good at learning this other language. I'm not good at learning French. And I know there are arguments saying, like, if you learn one language, learning another one after that is even easier. Like, learning a second language is difficult, but if you get to that, if you get to a third language, it's even easier. Because mm-hmm. you understand, like, more language more language like patterns and that kind of thing it's it's interesting but whenever i was in class i was thinking like this is great but i feel like i I feel like definitely like a sign language or something like that might be a bit more interesting or more useful to me i don't know i can see that because it's especially since it's sort of like more of a universal language but i feel like a lot of people would have to get behind that idea before like it becomes something that's that's really viable like there would have to be a bunch of people like this is the thing that we should do instead of you know just kind of having the realization oh this is actually nifty or something that's convenient Hmm. i definitely feel like that's something that should be talked about though yeah definitely especially since i've known i've known enough deaf people in my life to kind of see that as more more beneficial and more positive than like if I took French or I think my school actually offered Latin, which mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never understand. I'll never understand Latin. Yeah. Speaking it or let alone learning it. I know it's important because of language reasons, like the root of all words, but it's man, ugh, I can't. I mean, or if you're Catholic, I mean, that's that's another option. <laughs> do they actually do it in Latin still? I, I could have sworn. Yeah, they that's... they have Latin masses. It's technically the official language of the Vatican, so that's a thing. Hmm. 
I'll have to do research about this later. I don't know if that's entirely true. Um, I can vouch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, it might be, like, the official language, but it might be, like, we have these old texts that are written in Latin, and that's why, but, like, no no one speaks it. Like, if they're speaking it, it's for very official ceremonies, and that's it. I mean, they definitely do do it in ceremonies, for sure. I actually don't know um, if they, that's still, like, the, the language that's definitely spoken. I believe it was, at least up until recently. So, mm. oh yeah, I know historically they they the Catholic Church kind of made that their thing, where it was like, oh, we speak Latin and we write in Latin and we do all that. <laughs> but I feel like at least in the last hundred years, Latin has died out. I, look, I'm speaking out my I'm speaking out my ass at this point. It might entirely be like a bunch of priests walking around the Vatican speaking it right now, but I I get the feeling that it's just one of those things that's only taught because it's the root of language. Well, that and for religious ceremony. I mean, like I definitely know it is taught because of religious ceremony. You go to like any of the Catholic colleges, like you'll you'll find that's something that they can speak. But hmm. that's about it, though. What do you think if you had the chance to learn one language really easily? Like, you could learn it in a day. What is the one language you would want to speak? Hmm. Well, I know Spanish would be really useful, right? Mm-hmm. Just just since, you know, the proximity, proximity to all the Latin countries, I feel like that would be kind of nice. But if I had to pick one language... Yeah, I don't, I don't need that. utility. I, I just mean, like, one you have an interest in. Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. I feel like Japanese would be cool. Yeah, that's kind of where I lean. Right? Just, like, it's something that would never really be useful in my life, right? (laughs) Except for just enjoying, like, entertainment stuff. Just because they just do some weird stuff, and the country seems like it'd be really cool to visit. Yeah, here, I I guess here's the problem with my question, though, is that, like, learning the language requires you to learn the culture as well. There's there's more facets than just learning the language. Japan, Japan especially, has that (laughs) to it. That's for sure. But, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Or J- Japanese seems like one of those things that might not be the most useful in my life, but it certainly would be a good skill to know. That's for sure. Yeah. I would definitely enjoy I would definitely enjoy being able to learn that. Actually, it's kind of funny. They offer that in Duolingo now. Ooh, fancy. But, you know what the funny thing is, though? The reason I asked that one specific uh-huh. question is because I, I've i never really thought about learning Spanish as something that is very beneficial to me. Okay. And I I understand that, like, it's... I, I, I live in the United States, which has a lot of Spanish-speaking people in it and surrounding it. And it would be very useful, but I don't know. There's something about it that's that doesn't really call to me as like, oh, I'm going to be using this more often than say something else. I mean, that's fair. Um, that's kind of the, just the consequence about living in the United States, unless you live like in the Southwest. Right. Well, also, I mean, you could make an argument that learning different Middle Eastern languages would be beneficial as well, because that's coming over in big droves now. I mean, yeah, it it sort of is. Um. But I, it honestly just depends on like what sort of business you want to get yourself into, because like just to do anything in America, you don't need another language. That's the thing. It's like the only reason why you would need another language is if you're thinking about either going outside the country or getting immersed in a different culture or you know along those lines. Because learning another language is just not necessary within the United States. It, you just need English. I mean, it looks good to have another language. It helps to have another language, right? I but, don't know about that. <laughs> um, I mean, why would you say otherwise? I, I think it's different when you're talking about a personal, personal choice versus a business choice. If you're opening a business or you're running a business, you need to have as many options as possible. And I think if you ran a business, Spanish should be a priority for you. Because if your customer base, if, if your cus, if your 
customer base turns out to be Spanish-speaking Americans, and you made the decision to not cater to them, well, that looks really, really bad, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but that's that's not the main that's not the main case for America, though, right? Like that's not what most businesses have to worry about. I mean, all I mean, all big businesses do now. Right? It's something they can't ignore because there is such a sizable portion of the the American population that does speak Spanish. It definitely looks good, but it's not necessary. It's not necessary, but. This gets into a bigger topic we will not get into because, oh my god, it's that's a deep well we'll be jumping down. We're living in a global world now where basically we have to we have to cater to people outside of our neighborhood. Oh yeah, and, that's that's for sure. Like you can't like just I mean, just because you don't speak a second language does not mean you can afford to not understand what goes on in other places that don't speak English. Right, but... <laughs> That's I, not what that means at all. <laughs> right, right, right. But I guess I'm, I'm thinking specifically in the sense of, like, if you open a pizza shop in a neighborhood, I, I agree with you. You don't really have to... You don't really have to have someone who speaks Spanish to maintain daily business. But if you want to get any bigger than that, you definitely need to focus on that because now you're catering to people outside of a 50 100 mile radius yeah that's fair i can agree with that there like papa john's definitely has to care about knowing spanish that's that's for sure right but like joe's pizza shack uh, i don't know if that's actually a place but i'm just gonna say it's a place if joe's pizza shack down the road wants to hire somebody who speaks spanish it's not gonna hurt he caters to people around him while Papa John's covers people around the nation. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But that gets into a whole global economy deal. We'll table that. We'll, we'll cover that another time. Do you want to cover global economics? That sounds like a great topic. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you want to talk about, though. Hmm. Well, uh,. I think I think I think I think we successfully covered a second language. Now now Ed, alright, so get on translating that into into Spanish French probably would be a bad idea, Latin. when are we putting out the podcast in different languages? <laughs> when we can hire interns, that's for sure. Oh can we subtitle it? I mean subtitles, that sounds like a decent option. Can we get like either of us? spoke a different language i guess we can just throw it into google translate or something and hope pray it works can, can we get that youtube hero some... system on that can we get those people that's that's not how that works <laughs> <laughs> i'll just hire them out that's not that's not how that works speaking of heroes let's talk about my hero bob from bob's burgers man oh, he he's is a legend man is he is the best person on the planet I respect him in a high degree. But I do have something specific that I want to talk about with Bob's Burgers. Okay. Did you watch this season's opening episode? I I know Bob's Burgers is kind of like, oh, it's on all the time. But like it, they, they do do seasons, and this was like the first episode semi-recently of the newer season. Okay, actually, I did end up watching this one. And I gotta say, I enjoyed it. It was different yeah for for anyone who didn't see it or doesn't really know too much about it bob's burgers is like a car animated cartoon show um about bob and his family they run a burger they run a burger restaurant and hijinks ensue that's about the best description you're getting out of me but um for the newest season that they just put out they did something that i think is a really cool idea which is getting, I think it's like 50 or 60 fan animators to animate the entire episode. Mm -hmm. So each section of the episode is broken down into a chunk, and somebody animates that. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that. I kind of like it when shows do go for like a different art style, or they get like fan animators and like all that kind of stuff. I think that kind of allows people in the communities to really just kind of show what they're made of. 
Yeah, because I, I was I was I was kind of watching it and trying to think to myself if it's been done before, and I know it's I know it has, uh, but it's always surprising to me when it's when it's not done more often. Uh huh. Like I know the Simpsons have done it. I believe um, I believe South Park. Yeah, South Park has done it on on some occasions, like bringing guest animators or, like, changing up their style a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to see, but, like, I I think right now, in this day and age, it's kind of weird to me that we haven't seen shows just try and do this en masse. Like, we haven't seen uh, the newer seasons of Simpsons, or Family Guy, or Bob's Burgers just did it, but, like, more recently. In, in this day and age where you can go into YouTube and see countless videos of fan animated content mm-hmm. that that like an, animated shows haven't like grasped this and harnessed it and kind of made it into their own thing. It's it's surprising to me. Yeah, it is. It is, especially since people do like to show off their work. Yeah, and, but and a lot of the time, this YouTube work is mainly just from people who are passionate about it. People are passionate about the material, and I mean, animated shows get a get a following, get a, a fan following, pretty, uh, pretty hardcore. I mean, that is true. That is true. Like I'm kind. I think like a lot of fan animated stuff kind of died off, though. How do you mean? At least, at least of any scale. Well, I mean, it used to be something that like you know you can get like a little bit of money out of, right? Uh. But the way YouTube changed its monetization policy, it it made um, short animated things completely non-viable on YouTube. You said the cursed word. Monetization? YouTube monetization. How dare you? You said it. You brought it it into this house. I'm sorry. I, I saw it out in the street and it, it looked hungry. God, now I need to hire a priest. Oh, all right, bring <laughs> him in. Um, I, no, I, I get what you mean. I, I still see a lot of it. That's the weird thing, is that I I know for a while there was a big conversation about, like, YouTube animation, how are animators going to survive on YouTube? And there was a big, like, purge of them. There was a big, like, oh, we're just not going to do it on there because it's not profitable. But I still Mm -hmm. see a fair bit of it. I'm subscribed to some YouTube channels that are just animated. Animations. Well, yeah, they exist now, but uh, luckily, Patreon has kind of filled that void a bit. Where it allows people that actually have a bit of talent and people like their stuff to kind of keep doing what they're doing, thanks to that. Yeah. I mean, definitely, Patreon kind of kept that genre alive because mm-hmm. outside of the creators directly supporting them like game grumps i know game grumps directly kind of showcases people's artwork mm-hmm. it makes sense because the people who run game grumps are, are creative individuals but it it just seems odd to me that like more shows or more more content in general hasn't tried this just like giving the fans part or an entire episode and just saying here you go you guys do it Bring it back, and we'll showcase your work. Mm-hmm. It does seem like something that'd be a good idea, but also does I, I can kind of understand why it hasn't been done more. Only because I, I I can't imagine the amount of vetting they have to go through to figure out. Wait, does or does this guy actually have talent? Does this person <laughs> not have talent? Right? Because is this person just like can this guy just not draw faces for some reason, or can he only draw people and can't do buildings? Or oh yeah, does he like? I can imagine the the amount of vetting they have to go through just to figure out well who has actual talent here can be quite arduous. You heard it here first, folks. It doesn't give talent. <laughs> He's sitting there like, oh god, all of you are terrible animators. Um, I guess for certain shows it doesn't really matter because even with the Bob's Burgers one, like there are definitely some of those artists that I would say are mm, no. Nah. <laughs> Well, that's that's the good thing about having so many fan animators. It's mm-hmm. it's not one style, and it's done quickly enough that if you don't like the style, it doesn't stick around long. Give it a couple of minutes, it'll go away. That's true, that's true. 
I definitely did kind of enjoy how it kind of flickered through the different styles. I actually kept uh, going through the entire episode of Bob's Burgers and be wondering, like, ooh, what's what's the next style going to make this guy look like? And, like, trying to figure out, what, wait, what does this guy actually look like? <laughs> kind of deal. Yeah. Because it's been, like, a really long time since I've even watched Bob's Burgers. You just happened to mention to me, like, hey, you should probably check this out. And I was like, oh, I maybe will. And I did. It was good. I... I see so many benefits from doing this on like a audience side and a and a business side as well. Think about it this way. If you're if you're Bob's Burgers, if you're the company that puts out Bob's Burgers and you're saying I want to make a fan animated episode. You basically get a bunch of people who will do it for do it for a cheap or maybe even free price depending and you get a bunch of people's resume, basically. Imagine if you're working. Imagine if you're a Bob's like the company that animates for Bob's Burgers, and you're saying we need more animators. You put out this call on top of somebody getting their dream to animate like one of their favorite shows. You might get like somebody who actually does good animation work. You might want to hire them. It benefits the animator and the company itself. You know, this actually just got me to thinking. I just realized what I really want. What's that? I really want a new visual artist to take control of not just animated shows, right? But like Law and Order SVU. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you want a you want a CSI fan animated episode? Yeah, I just have have like a CSI kind of style to it, or like somebody does like a full on animated version of it, or. They just, like, redo all the type of lighting they would do for it or something like that and give it a completely different feel. I kind of want that for, like, all shows now, where they just have, like, one episode where they just completely play with the visual style just to show what else it could be, you know? I I feel like that'd be kind of fun. You know what's interesting about you mentioning that? I was actually having this conversation a while ago. This is kind of a side tangent to what we're talking about, but have you ever watched Halo Legends? Uh, that was, that was the series of, of, uh, what was it? A- animated and like CGI. Yeah, it was, it was an- something like that. It was, it was sh- anime shorts and uh, shorts made in like animated shorts in, in anime style mm-hmm. made for the Halo universe. And I thought that was a really cool idea. Sure. The results varied, but. It was such a cool, cool kind of idea to see, just to see like so many people's different interpretation of the Halo universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't the Matrix do something like that too? Right. That that's actually the next thing I was going to bring up. The Matrix did it as well, where they they got a bunch of different studios and they gave them the Matrix property and they said, "Go nuts with it. Kind of do what you want. Here's some parameters, but like, just do what seems interesting to you." Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I mean, it's it's not like they can do worse than what they did themselves. So. <laughs> Ooh, sideswipe. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I every single time these are done, sure, you get varying results. You get varying levels of quality. Mm-hmm. But you get a really interesting product, and you get like uh publicity and buzz around the product. Like, I know when these came out, people were talking about it because it seemed so interesting. And it's kind of interesting just to see how how different people can kind of move forward because of these little things that they do. I think it was um just for example, right? It's a little off topic. There's this one guy on YouTube who he did, like, just reload animations, right? Yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, and he actually ended up getting a job. With an, with an actual studio because he was able to showcase a little bit of his work. And it's a great way for studios to be able to find quality talent. Yeah. Just be having showcase episodes. I mean, I feel like... Well, that these wouldn't be like the premiere things you would put in these showcase episodes, but definitely looking into like some of the fan animated stuff I feel would, could never be a bad thing. Yeah, it... I think it could lead to something, like actually lead somewhere where you could just get fan and you could make it a a seasonal thing. You could be like, oh, we're just going to have one episode. Maybe it's non-canon or maybe it's like a little side story. And it Mm -hmm. just is 
it's just people. It's just mm-hmm. people animating it. I would, I would, as much as I love the Steven Universe art style, I would love to see an episode made by like ten or fifteen animators just going to town on an episode. Yeah, that's fair. It's kind of see. It's always neat just to see how people take things. I could agree with that. Yeah, like even shows that I don't watch that often or don't entirely like, like Family Guy. I would really be interested if they had like an episode animated by like an anime studio or if they went out and like well actually they did the uh, whole thing where the um what was the fans do that did the script or something right they had that they had an episode like that except it was just the entire plot itself and they just they just kind of did the uh what was it the animation for it or whatever i seem to remember there being an episode along those lines i don't know how i feel about fans getting a hold of the show in other ways than the animation. <laughs> well, I mean, when when it's satire, right? When it's Family Guy, that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's it's not entirely, but it yeah, that it definitely does not work for all shows. That's that is for sure. Yeah, uh, I see fan animation. I see animation as accompanying good writing and good voice work. Mm-hmm. I. <laughs> I have trouble seeing an episode being done if it was fan-voiced or fan-written. I have a harder time seeing that than animated itself. That's fair. I'd be interested to see that, though. Like, an episode fu- like fully written by the fans. Here's, here's, here's the thing I'm thinking of. I, I know it's kind of a bad example. I'll, I'll freely admit that. Have you ever watched Axe Cop? I have no idea what that is. Okay, so Axe Cop is a show. It's fully animated, like fu- like fully made by a professional studio, but the story is written by one of the producer's kids. It's written okay. by like an actual eight-year-old. Okay. I, I forget if he's eight, but he's young. He's a young kid. And that's what that show kind of feels like. It feels like a show that was professionally made but written by a child. Okay. And I get the feeling that if you ever had a show fan-written, it might feel a little like that. Okay, I get what you mean. Maybe not written by kids, but like disjointed and hard to follow because you're piecing together... An eight-year-old story? 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 people's ideas for a show. I get what you're saying, I get what you're saying, but, you know, I feel like there's a difference between having an eight-year-old write a script and, you know... Yeah, like I said, I I know it's a bad example, but I feel like it, I feel like it kind of tied. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, you're not wrong, it does tie in, but it may be unfair to the 30-year-old guy whose real dream is to write for Family Guy. Yeah, true. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I'm sorry, Axe Cop was written by a five-year-old, my bad. Ooh, you oversold it. I know, I know. <laughs> I apologize. But, um... So, I know there was uh, something else that we did want to cover. Do we have to? I mean, this was your baby. Uh, and I hijacked it. Fine. <laughs> uh, so, one thing we did want to cover uh, was how the news and social media kind of shows violent content, right? Is that what we wanted to say? Or was it how it was unfiltered? Or like, how do we want to approach this? This episode, to kind of date it, is coming out a few weeks after the Las Vegas shooting. I don't exactly want to talk about the shooting because it's a pile of sadness and hate and there's no good there's no good coming out of that part. No good coming out of that other than pe- people helping people, which I'm I'm all for. I'm glad it's I'm glad some people are making it out of there alive and surviving. That's not exactly what I want to talk about. I want to talk about a, a kind of bigger problem. L- l- let me tell a little story. Okay, I'm going to let you go. So, um at my work, we I wasn't working the I wasn't working the day it happened, but I was working the day after. And when I went in, TVs all over my work were showing 
the aftermath. We're showing videos of what happened. We're showing um, personal footage from people's phones. We're showing um, professional news crews. We're showing all the footage they could find about this event. Um, talking about it, what happened, possible mo Like, everything under the sun about it. And one moment kind of hit me in particular was I went to lunch, and when I was at lunch, this one girl was on her phone, and she kind of seemed a little, like, shocked when she was looking at it. I was like, hey, what what's up? And she's like, oh, I was watching a video about the Las Vegas thing, and just somebody got, like, shot on film. Like, I just saw that. I didn't want to see that. Like, I wish I had known. And I, I agreed with her. I was like, yeah, I don't I don't want to see that either. I, that kind of got gears in my head spinning. And I kind of want to talk about that in particular. Mm. I want to talk about violent, unfiltered content on the news media and, faith, and social media in general. Because... Yeah. I feel like it's an interesting conversation that almost happened about the event, but it it got overshadowed, rightly so. Believe me, I'm not saying the conversation should have been about do I want to see violent things on my TV, but how how do you feel about all this? Like, how do you feel about news and social media just kind of putting this up front and everywhere. I mean, I have a lot of problems with the news. Um, I'm going to I'm going to put that out there. Uh, it doesn't matter what side it's on. Uh, but I I think it's it's unsettling how they treat these events. How they treat them as like a chance to make money instead of it's a chance well, instead it's just, you know, covering the news. A bit of that's just kind of how they're funded by ratings and views, and you know, it's it's kind of why they push things as they do. But I think it's unsettling how they approach things. Uh, do you remember? I think it was during the one of the Winter Olympic Games uh, when there was the bobsled ex accident. I I heard about it, but I didn't see anything about it. Well, they kept showing the scene of them crashing again and again, of them actually just dying right there. Wait, did people I actually think, die? I, I'm pretty sure that was the case. Um, I'm 99% sure. It was the bobsled. It was one of the bobsled teams that had like a horrific accident or something along those lines. And I seem to remember that the family themselves had to call in and say, please stop playing this on TV. I've watched my child die, like, so many times kind of deal. Or I've watched this accident so many times. Can you please stop playing it? Yeah. And I seem to remember there, there was a conversation about this kind of thing back then. And it's kind of strange to see just how, how polarized things were then and how it wasn't really mentioned at all now, right? Like, that's, that's kind of weird, just how much of a difference there is there. Well, I think the reason why there's an interesting topic is because there's two really solid sides to this. One side mm -hmm. is, I don't want to see people die. If, if I can go the rest of my life without seeing somebody die, like, on film, in front of me, I'm talking about real life, of course. I'm not talking about in fictional content, like like in a in an action movie, someone gets shot. It's like okay, whatever. But in real life, I I don't exactly want to see that in my in my content. Mm -hmm. I I have I I just don't. But I don't think there's a way to really have that happen without somebody crying foul, someone crying censorship on that. Yeah, I can agree with you there. You don't, you can't really get the full context of the situation without, you know, seeing the situation. Right. The reason this footage exists is to show an event and what happened at it. With the Las Vegas thing in particular, the the footage is to show what it was like to be on the ground level, to to be in in the in the thick of it, to see what's happening, to see what the shooter was doing. It. The footage exists for a reason. 
I guess I'm just struggling with how readily available it is to see. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Just like, what is the acceptable level of showing it? and What's, what's too far? Like, well, for sure, for sure. The, the bobsled accident was too far. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. It, it feels like to me that like, it always should be shown possibly once, but your bobsled example, um, makes perfect sense to me. It should not be sh- it should not be shown as many times as it is because it it's it's upsetting, it's concerning, and at a point it's desensitizing. At a point it's desensitizing to see that happen so many times, or at a point you're just thinking of it as an event instead of an actual person having this happen to. And it's just well, you know what I should ask this: What do you think is the level it should be at? What is too much or too little? All of it should be on live leak. So if I see that live leak icon show up, I know someone's gonna die. <laughs> um. So wait, are you saying like um, you know, that there should definitely be a warning before something like that is shown on the screen? Yeah. It, I mean, I was joking more or less with the live leak thing, but that, but I feel like there should be some kind of warning beforehand to let people know. And I, I know some people are gonna like crucify me because, oh, I'm advocating for trigger warnings, but that's legitimately what it is. It is putting a... It is the reason those things exist to make it so that people who don't want to see that stuff don't have to. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why South Park... I mean, as far as I know, I don't think they've ever changed it. Always begins with a big black screen with white text on it that says, this show contains... God, the list is like everything under the sun. Like, it's like, this show contains profanity and sexual content and drug use and all this. So, in the event that you don't know what South Park is, you don't just tune into it and have your sensitive, uh, sensibilities cha- like challenged because of that if you don't want to see it. I know I, I might be asking for a lot with the news in particular, because it, it would be hard for the news anchors to break up every, like, minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, whatever, just to say, like, we're going to show the video again, please cover your eyes, whatever. It's like, I, I get that might be difficult, but man, it's... Well, I mean, how many times do you really need to show it? That That is another point, is how many times do you actually have to play the footage? I don't I, think like, that I get, often. I get unsettled at, over certain things that I just don't enjoy seeing. I don't want to see somebody die. I don't like. I don't like seeing people in pain. I don't like seeing people get shot. Unless I'm prepared for it, I don't. I don't really want to see it. Um, I know, for example, uh, one of the news guys that I watch. His name is is Philip DeFranco, and he's he's been covering this this story a few times. Right? It was that cheerleader girl, right? Where the coach was basically hurting her to try and get her into proper training that wasn't proper at all. And just, the, he, she, she shows the video every time he brings up the story. And it's it's just sickening to watch. And I don't want to see it every time when he brings it up. I'd rather it just be a link that you can go see if you've already seen it already. Instead of having to sit there and look through it again, which is... Hmm. It's disturbing. It's genuinely unsettling. Right. I, I won't argue specifics about that, because that gets into minutia. That gets more to minutia than the actual topic. But mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Like, I don't want to see that again. I don't want to see that kind of content regularly. I don't want to see it mm-hmm. at all, let alone regularly. I guess the hard question is about social media. Because with the news, you can you can actually make regulations or rules or those kind of things. It's like, oh, just just do this, and the network may or may not comply. Mm-hmm. But with social media, it's people. It's it's people just making. I mean, I don't think you can really regulate that half of things. No, but that's the hard that's part. The is that like when I see when a tragedy happens, and I see my friends. Uh, uh, if I see my friend just post something on his Facebook and it looks like Las Vegas, 
I just can't click on it because I don't know if he's like, yo, look how fucked up this looks, or this is like a news report about it, you need to hear about this, or I don't know, well, it could be anything. I mean, on that though, you you can't really do anything about that, first of all. You just have to trust that your friends aren't going to send you to something too fucked up. Right. Well, I mean, you can't... I mean, what can you really do about that, right? I, I mean, No, no, no. I will say one thing. I will say one thing, and this is a thing I've been telling Facebook... I've been saying for Facebook to do forever, but okay. now we actually have a good reason why. Okay. Can we stop Facebook auto-playing videos? Oh. Can okay. we stop that? I know there are options to opt into to make that happen. Does that not have like a not safe for work tag or something that won't autoplay? No, I I don't I don't genuinely know, but it, but I know Does it still autoplay videos like that? I don't know. I know I know pictures there can be like a like this photo is mature and, and sensitive, please don't look or whatever. Click this click this to see it. But like I don't know about video. I feel like there probably is, but if there's even a chance that that video isn't flagged as not safe for work, there's a chance I could just be scrolling through my timeline and all of a sudden see somebody get shot. I don't want that to happen, period. Well, I, I, you can't really get Facebook to not do that, because that's, that's literally how it makes its money. But it, but it feels like this is the, the defining reason why they shouldn't be allowed. Because let's say, for instance, there is a video of somebody getting shot. Just make it so I have to click on the thing to see it. Like, I don't want to be I don't want to be exposed to that. See, while I do agree with your point, I it's not something Facebook's going to do. Yeah. Simply, simply because that is their bread and butter kind of deal. That's how they, Facebook makes itself look pretty awesome to ad advertisers. Yeah, it's I don't know. That it's hard. It's difficult because I I genuinely don't know where the line draws between actually censoring content and me seeing someone get killed. No, I, I can agree with you there because one huge issue is definitely you can say you can put a link to a page about something and it could you could be misrepresenting the content itself, e even though you're speaking about it. Even even what we're saying right now, we can say you know what we're saying, but it's it may not be a hundred percent certain that what we're saying is actually true if you look at it, right? It's I, having the information front and foremost really does sell the fact that this uh, this thing happened as it did. Right. There's no denying it because of this, because it's, right? like, it's out there. There's video proof of it happening. Like I will never forget how that that poor cheerleader girl looks, that's for sure. And how much in pain she was. But I don't need to keep seeing it. You know? It's it's just unsettling. Right. But for those that have not seen it before, they're not going to really know what they're talking about. And I guess is that fair to them? That they're not going to see it? Because not everybody's able to watch... Well, this is just for news cycles, is able to watch the news. Well for hours at a time. Sometimes they just have 15 minutes they can, or an hour, and not like a full, like, block of news or something. So what, what, what's really fair there? I mean, I would totally be for they warn us before they play something like that. There being some sort of thing to tell us that we're about to, well, see something very unpleasant. Alright, so like I was saying, I, I, if it was up to me, my kind of, my kind of response, my kind of way would be more towards the censorship side. It would be something like you have to go to a particular place to watch this content. You have to maybe, there definitely would be warnings before showing it on television or anything like that. Possibly even an age-gating thing. Not, nothing to stop people from seeing it, but to put an extra step in between just showing it to people. That's that's the point I just want. Is I just want it so it's not shown so publicly and so frequently. I mean, I can definitely agree with that. That's that's what I feel is really needed there. 
just so that it isn't so in your face that you can you're allowed to have prep you're allowed to prepare for what's about to happen and you're ju- it's just not, like slap look somebody died right cuz i i mean i i might be overreacting a bit but i genuinely worry that like having this having tragedies happen so often and having the footage so regularly available is doing some damage to people. Maybe not ev- maybe not everyone on a collective whole, but like seeing that so often just desensitizes and just kind of just kind of hurts hurts people in general. I mean, that's for sure. Maybe not everybody, but definitely some people. It does uh it definitely does cuz people only see these these big tragedies that happen and they're fewer and far between than they were just 20, 30 years ago. But they well they they're happening more often, not fewer. in the 70s there were like bombings like every week. Okay? Yeah. I'll, right? Like I'll give you like, that, yeah, like but... shit Shit was having a lot was a lot worse in the sixties and the seventies and way before that. It's just that we we can see it. I mean, if the stuff that happened in the sixties and seventies was like on the news today, oh, we couldn't cope with it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it, it it's better documented. Now, it is but... absurdly better doc absurdly better documentation. But we we won't get into that. That's a that's honestly that is all, honestly another topic for another time. I kind of feel like we've said our piece on this. To be honest, I don't I don't think we can add too much here. Yeah, no no. If I could just add a final thought, I don't think my answer is the only answer. I just want something done. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I just. I don't think it's crazy for me to ask to not see a dead body on the news, to see somebody die on the news. You can still still talk about something without having to show the graphicness of it. Right. Yeah. Well, that was a somber note. Yeah, we, we, we had an uplifting podcast. We had so much fun today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My well, mic broke at the here, end that... here. <laughs> that's why. It's a good time. If you're wondering why I sound so different suddenly, it's a. Uh, yeah, my mic just broke in the middle of recording. So that's fun. We're having fun. Are you having fun? New mics. Isn't that what our audience asked of us? Our audience asked of us to have a bowl of sadness, <laughs> uh, microphone problems, mm-hmm. sprinkled in with some like foreign language discussion. Isn't that like the specific feedback we got? I think so. All two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, everybody. This was the blank space. We filled it in. We filled it in with something. Quality. <laughs>